Welcome to the Dr. Katie Show. Free career advice for the people, because everybody deserves a better work experience. Call in to receive free career advice from Dr. Katie Revere, an experienced career coach and organizational psychologist. Dr. Katie has nearly 20 years of corporate business experience across various industries and divisions. She works with individuals, executives, and teams to create innovative, human-centered solutions to improve the workplace experience. Now here's Dr. Katie. Hey, good afternoon and happy Halloween, everyone. I'm Dr. Katie Rovier. And we are uh, listening, you are listening to the Dr. Katie Show, where we talk all about how to have a better work experience. Uh, I am a coach and uh, consultant. I am an uh, organizational psychologist, and I love helping uh, create better work experiences for people in small companies and large companies and working with individuals. Uh, the Dr. Katie Show is... Uh, my passion project, and it allows me to connect one-on-one -on -one with uh, an audience that is you who are listening, and it just brings me so much joy and happiness to have an opportunity to, uh, you know, to reach you and to talk to you. And so today, we are going to be talking about workplace horror stories oh, in honor and of horror of Halloween. Uh, we would love to take your calls today. And so Eric's going to help us. He's going to be fielding the lines, right? Of course. <laughs> I am standing by to hear from all those folks with their workplace horror stories. Yeah. And I'm encouraging you to call in with your horror stories. And I hope that you can, although I'm not wishing horror stories uh, or <laughs> horrible work experiences on any of you. Um, what about you, Eric? Any Any horror stories from your work past you know i it's i've had a pretty good work experience now that i think about it um and so i off the top of my head here no real scary <laughs> stuff is coming to mind um good for you yeah so i i consider myself pretty lucky there uh, absolutely there you know I, when i started working in the restaurant industry there was some uh, let's say sketchy people <laughs> that that uh, I worked alongside with uh, back in my early uh, days of work. But, uh, you know, aside from that, pretty smooth. What made their behavior sketchy? Well, I had a, a manager that uh, was removed for apparently... This was all kind of based on rumors. We never got like an official announcement, but the story was that it was like a sexual harassment thing. So oh, no. he he was removed, which was too bad in the sense that uh, he was a real nice guy to the rest of us. Huh. Um, but, uh, you know, of course, in a situation like that, that was the best course of action, I would think. Yeah, um, sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there there was some of that kind of stuff going on and you know i think that's probably pretty common place for everybody so luckily didn't affect me all too much but uh you know th that's Good. the well, closest i can think of <laughs> yeah but it's stressful just to be in proximity to you know that kind of situation that's going down i mean right. you feel you feel for your coworkers, you feel for the all the people involved so yeah i'm glad that was a long time ago and that it got resolved quickly by the company. It's, it's not something you want to linger on as, as workplace harassment. And I just thought of one other thing <clears throat> back from the days working at restaurants. The, the one restaurant, which I'll not name, uh, had a mouse problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And and so one time I was working in a, and, and someone at a table called me over and they're like, hey, I just saw a mouse run by. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what did you do? I said, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'll let management know immediately. <laughs> so did they just sit and enjoy? How could just, you eat? They just sat <laughs> and finished their meal. Oh my God. I would not be able to do that. I would be like, dude, I got to go. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Wow. Was that really stressful for you? Did it, you already know there was a mouse? I, first of all? I knew that there, they were trying to get rid of the, the mouse problem oh at that point. Gosh. But at, that was the first uh, that I had had it pointed out to me by a customer. So that oh. was that was kind of stressful. <laughs> Jeez. Did you still get a tip? Um, you know, that wasn't, um, uh, I wasn't a waiter at the time. I was a bus oh. boy, so it didn't, okay. <laughs> it didn't affect my tip, thankfully. Oh gosh. Uh, That's awesome. Okay. Well, thanks for sharing those on whim. Yeah. Can't <laughs> awesome. wait to hear yours. <laughs> yeah. We've got a couple and I, you know, just like you, thankfully I've had a pretty good work experience. I mean, I've got one horrible boss story and, uh, I'll bring that up a little bit later, but I mean, you know, in general, I've had a pretty great work experience. I mean, but I, you know, work with clients who are, you know, that I'm coaching who've had some pretty crummy work experiences. And while they're not gory horror stories, they still are, you know, experiences that, you know, provide challenges. And also when the challenges happen, opportunity to kind of look around and see what's next for me. Uh, so, Let's, uh, I want to introduce my guest. I have a good friend of mine, Dana Wunderlich, uh, joining the show today. She's, uh, she's joining. I'm gonna have her tell you a little bit about herself. Uh, and then she's got some horror stories she's going to share with us. But like I mentioned at the top of the hour, we would love for your calls today. If you have a few minutes, you want to come in and tell us about a workplace horror story, either something that happened in the past or something that's going on right now that you might need some uh, advice on, or if you know someone who has uh, kind of a, a scary workplace situation going on or something that has been challenging them, we'd be happy to, to hear about that and uh, provide some, some coaching on that as well. So Dana. Welcome to the Dr. Katie Show. Thanks for being our guest today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Cool. So why don't you tell our listeners uh, a little bit about yourself, what you do for a career, and um, anything else you want to share that you think they might like to know? Yeah. So um, I've been fortunate to know uh, Dr. Katie for over 20 years. We've been good friends. Um, you knew me back when I was working all sorts of different positions, trying to find myself, um, you know, just working in administration and food service, uh, working at car dealerships. I worked all sorts. Oh, that's of right. Yes. Back in those days. <laughs> and, you know, hey, they were great jobs and they paid the bills and it helped me essentially realize that I wanted to go back to school and start a different career path. And at 26, I decided that that's what I wanted to do. And spent years going back to school and I became a registered dietitian. So I work with people primarily in hospitals who have nutritional concerns, malnutrition, wounds. Um, they have high nutrition needs. Maybe they need nutrition support, things like that. Um, and so it's a very challenging and fast paced job, but it's also something I really immensely, um, I really immensely enjoy because I'm helping people and people who truly need help. You know, they're at a point in their life where maybe they've just had a new diagnosis. Um, maybe they're in the hospital sick from something unrelated to nutrition or directly related to nutrition. And I can really help to start the path of healing by um, education and being there for them, answering their, answering their questions, and also just being a source of knowledge. So it's something I really, really enjoy. I've been doing it for the last two years now. Mm. Actually, my horror story kind of comes from one of my most recent positions. And so um, I don't know if we'll be able to get the whole story in before the first break, but um, just kind of as a quick synopsis, I um, was working as an intern, which to back up a little bit, in order to become a dietitian, you do an internship for a certain period of time. It's also known as supervised practice. And so you go and you work typically in a hospital for free <laughs> for, wow. Um, yes. It, it's tough. That's because, a horror story in its own. No kidding. Right. That's <laughs> so you graduate, you're ready to hit the ground running, but unfortunately. And you right do when your student loans hit, you get an, an unpaid job that's yeah. required. <laughs> it's so true. And unfortunately I couldn't actually defer my loans while I was doing this internship because it's not recognized as um, like medical school would be. Oh, um, well, that's so, a log jam. Yeah, it was it was an unfortunate situation in itself, but I, I got some loans and um, <laughs> was able to make it work. 
Um, but during that internship, I got to kind of get acquainted with this big hospital that would invariably become one of my first jobs. And that is where the horror story starts, I guess you could say. Oh, gosh. Yes. <laughs> All bad. I learned a lot and um, I gained some wonderful coworkers out of it. Um, but I do have to say that certainly there, there was a lot of nepotism, I guess, was kind of one of the big, big recurring themes that um, really hurt morale and inevitably kind of prompted me to leave and others to leave. So um, to rewind a little bit, after my internship, I was looking for a job. And of course, it was a natural thing to want to apply to the hospital that I had been working at. And I contacted my boss and she said, absolutely, I'd love to have you. You know, it's just a formality, but why don't you come in for an interview? So I went in for the interview and sat down with some familiar faces of previous colleagues. And we all laughed and chummed it up. And it seemed like this real lighthearted thing and pretty much sounded like I had the job. So a few days went by and I realized I hadn't heard anything. And I thought, gosh, this isn't good. So I reached out to my boss and she said, well, you know, um, we've actually opened a second position and the parameters are a little different. And now, you know, we're considering another applicant and, you know, we, we would really just like you to come in for a second interview. Mm-mm. Yes. So at that point I'm going, Oh gosh, I feel like the rug's gotten pulled out from under me a little bit. This is not what we had originally talked about, but, but sure I'll go in for the second interview. And I did. And again, it was just kind of this lighthearted, not much questions involved type interview. Um, And after leaving, I didn't hear anything for like a week. Uh Uh-oh. Yes. So now I'm thinking, okay, this this doesn't sound good. And sure enough, they had offered the initial position to the other applicant. And I shouldn't have been upset by it. You know, perhaps she was really qualified, but it turns out she wasn't even a dietitian yet. What? Yeah, she had not even sat for her exam yet. Um, So she was registration eligible at that point, although I was already registered. So she had given the position um, that I wanted to someone who was less qualified. Were they friends or something? No. I I think how it went down is some of the other dietitians who were in the interview room really liked this other candidate. Um, And it was Mm. for no other reason more than just clicking and liking her. This girl was coming from the East Coast, so they had no prior relationship. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of first, one of the first things that should have been a red flag when I started working. Oh yeah. Definitely sounds like a red flag. Well, let's pause right there. We want to hear more all about that. Eric, let's go to our first break and uh, we'll be back with more horror stories workplace. (laughs) Everybody stay tuned to the Dr. Katie show. We'll be right back. And we'd love to have you call in and share your workplace horror story. 425-373-5527 or 888-298-5569. You can always email Dr. Katie at drkatie at betterworkexperience.com. That's drkatie at betterworkexperience.com. Stay tuned. Having a crappy work experience, the complexity of the work environment can undermine your efforts and create a crappy work experience for you and your team. Develop a thoughtful approach to managing the complexity so you could be a better leader. Book a private coaching session with Dr. Katie Rovere to unmask your blind spots for a better work experience. Act now because everyone deserves a better work experience. Visit betterworkexperience.com to book a private session with Dr. Katie Rovere to unmask your blind spots through a transformative coaching experience. Listen to live career advice on The Dr. Katie Show Thursdays from noon to 1 p.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. You've been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. You have to carefully monitor your health for the rest of your life. And you have an increased risk of developing cardiovascular disease. Cut, take two. Action. You've been diagnosed with a new purpose, to fight for the amazing life you made for yourself. To look that risk of heart disease square in the face and say, no, not me. You've been given a new opportunity to live. Get started at nodiabetesbyheart.org. Own a business that has a great work experience? Are you hiring for a critical position and need to get the word out? Advertise your company's products, mission, and work culture on The Dr. Katie Show. Put the show that is all about a better work experience to work for you. 
Visit BetterWorkExperience.com and learn about guest sponsorship. You know you have a great company. Now let the world know. Sponsor the Dr. Katie Show. Log on to BetterWorkExperience.com today for details on saving 25% off. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1150KKNW. And welcome back to the Dr. Katie Show. We're talking about workplace horror stories today in honor of Halloween. And we'd love to hear yours. 425-373-5527 is the number to call. Or you can call toll-free 888-298-5569. That's 888-298-KKNW. Or email drkatie at betterworkexperience.com. Now, back to Dr. Katie. Hey, welcome back. Uh, we are talking about uh, workplace horror stories and what's going on in the world today with horrible work experiences. I don't normally like to focus on bad things because I, it's all about making a better work experience, but you kind of have to know what you're working with. So I've invited my friend Dana Wonderlick. She is uh, sharing a workplace horror story that she's recently overcome. And we are going to jump right back in, Dana. So you started, uh, you finished uh, your schooling to become a registered dietitian. You're registered and you're working with a local hospital to get a unpaid internship, uh, which is a requirement in terms of your certification. And you had where we left off is that you were interviewing for a position with a team and it sensed it was all good. You were going to get the job. And then they hired someone else and they opened up a second position. So we're curious. Uh, oh, and you also said there's a lot of nepotism going on. So wondering, you know, let's dig in. Well, what happened next? Yeah. So the second position that they opened up ended up being a, a much lesser position, so to speak. Uh, the initial position would have been in one location at a big hospital where you get lots of experience with more critical cases and a lot more complex cases. And you're also working with a team of, you know, 15 dietitians. So as a new dietitian, mm -hmm. it's great to have colleagues to bounce ideas off of and, you know, glean information from. Absolutely. Right. It's just, it's great to have that support. And the position that I ended up getting was training and working at four smaller locations and working alone. Ooh. So yeah, really daunting for someone who is brand new, but what was I going to do? I needed a job and I, I told her I was up for it. And so I trained four different huh. facilities and worked alone, which provided a lot of, you know, a lot of issues. It was hard. I had to do a lot of research on my own and spend a lot more time than I should have trying to do a good job. Um, and I found right. out just you know, for good measure that the person who ended up getting hired for the position I wanted. Um, so she wasn't a dietitian yet and she ended up failing her examination. Oh no. Yes. So I just, it was insult to so she Did they have to fire her? No, no. They gave her an extension and I think she ended up passing her exam eventually, but huh. um, initially that wasn't the case. Yeah. You just wonder what is going on in management's mind in that moment. I mean, I'm sure the manager thought she was making the best decision for the employees at the time and for the workload. I mean, that's the other thing. Like you have to think of a situation like this from multiple perspectives, like, okay, she's a manager of, of the staff who deliver care in a hospital setting. And she has demands that are coming in from, you know, whatever the, you know, care requirements are for that hospital. And maybe she thought you are, because you're already completed your, your licensure and everything that you would be more successful in the job that you ended up taking versus this other person needing, uh, more of a supportive environment to kind of you know, onboard her to the role because she, you know, wasn't certified yet or something. Yeah. You know, I could totally see it from that perspective and maybe she felt like I was competent and I could work independently and I was smart and that I could do all of these things. And so maybe she didn't have any qualms with me working in 
outside of the big hospital, these other, you know, working at these other facilities, maybe, you know, sure. I could totally see that, you know, being one of her, her rationales there. Yeah. To be fair, she was never mean to me. We had a good relationship, but that was due in part to the fact that I was always on time, never missed a shift, kissed her butt. I mean, yeah, she asked me to work. I was driving through snowstorms, covering shifts from people who wouldn't show up. Oh my gosh. But I didn't ever do kind of that. So yeah. So you had to drive, you were driving around to multiple locations. Were they far apart? Was there an added commute element to that? I mean, a bit for sure. And I guess in addition to the commute element, I was commuting a fair 60 miles a day. And then when you started tacking on additional facilities and how far those were, yeah, I mean, it did add to the commute, but also just training at different places and learning Uh their culture, their way of doing. And the people, the people are different at every location. So, you know, when you get a good vibe going with a team at a location, like working in one location, you have one team that you need to get, you know, understand the processes, how things are done here more or less, and who, who has power and who doesn't and all the different dynamics, but you had that times four. Right. And (laughs) you know what, that touches on a really good point because it's like, I was good at everything, but a master of none. You know, I was moving around so much that I never got really good at one place. And yes, I would get a buy-in from this nurse on this floor, but then I would be gone again. Mm. And I wouldn't see him for another month. So it was really hard to build relationships. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And momentum as a team, like you, you do, you do factor that in, you know, like when you move into a new department or a new team, I mean, you're basically building relationships from scratch and, you know, we're social animals, you know, if we're not, you know, it doesn't matter if you're introverted or extroverted, in my opinion, if you don't have good social standing in your current work environment, I mean, that can be really challenging and hard and really mess up your productivity and cloud your judgment even and confuse, you know, whether or not, you know, what decisions you make. And that's, you know, even more challenging in a care environment. I so agree with that. That is absolutely true. However, on the flip side, I will say that since you had four different locations, it's sort of appealing that you could and that you did have the opportunity to sort of float about amongst the four and become your own entity because there is something about teamwork that sort of can be kind of life-sucking sometimes. Like if you don't like the people there or you don't get along with them or if the power dynamics are really bizarre and there's mis you know, treating or the processes are archaic. Like you, you kind of don't have to subscribe to it. And because your job category, like, or your job role had allowed you to sort of more or less float. Uh, I mean, that's sounds like it could be good too. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that was definitely the silver lining to it all is that I was kind of impervious to a lot of that the nepotism, as I had mentioned in some of those things. And it's funny because I talk to colleagues now that I've left the organization and about a half dozen dietitians have left that big hospital in the last year. And a lot so of So you're them, saying they're hiring. <laughs> <laughs> they are hiring. Um, and actually they're, they're shorthanded now, but, um, but yeah, I think that speaks to management management, being fed up with, um, the way things are run, the way things are done, not feeling appreciated. Um, certain people would get vacation off. Other people would not. Some people would get the schedule they wanted. Other people would not. Um, is a dietitian, a registered, like, a, um, not a registered, what am I trying to say? Um, a represented employee group. Like, is there a union for registered dietitians? There is not at this location. There is no union representation. Yes. I believe at other hospitals, there are. For instance, um, on the California side, um, at one hospital I was familiar with, I believe there was a union. So it kind of depends. Okay. So they're uh, hospital-centric. Yes. Mm, Yeah. And actually, well, I know that there's a California Nursing Association, for instance. I know that they have a representation. Is Um, a registered dietitian isn't part of the nursing category, though, is it? Correct. No, they would be separate. But that would be an example of, um, I guess, a union that's specific to a certain trade. 
Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, there's tons of them. I mean, there's tons of unions in California. Yeah, and maybe that would be a good thing at this point. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what I that's why I brought it up because if people are, you know, they're not really seniority uh, there, I mean, people are getting hired and things are getting approved like time off. And for some people and others, I mean, that's how, that's why unions were created. I mean, is to help bring, um, consistency and fairness across, you know, all the workers who are doing the same job. So yes, <laughs> maybe there will be a, some unionizing, some, some collective bargaining going on. Right. We might see some changes here then in the next few years. They might have to go to that kind of a situation. Maybe. Maybe. But um, um, having since since I've left, um, I have heard that morale has just been really down and that there's more people looking to potentially leave and find other positions. And it's just it's unfortunate because I know it's a good group of people and that they all um, are really good workers and want the best for our patients. But at the end of the day, you also have to be happy with yourself and the job you're doing and believe in what you're doing, you know? Mm -hmm. So tell me about what it's like actually being a dietitian. I mean, you're, you're delivering patient care every day. Is that, is there anything about that work experience that you can share uh, with us? Uh, what was really great about it? What are things that could be better? Absolutely. Um, where I happen to work, we, dealt with a lot of folks who lived in rural areas. And so they wouldn't have access to someone um, like a dietitian to educate them about their insulin or their diabetes care. Um, maybe to educate them about strategies for weight gain for an elderly patient. Um, it's really, it's dietitians typically handle every, the whole continuum of care from children and babies all the way up to, you know, the ends of life. And so it's really diverse in terms of your clientele and really diverse in terms of the things that you do day to day. Um, so one day I might be doing nutrition support, which might be tube feeding or intravenous feeding for somebody who is on a ventilator and can't speak or talk. They're not awake, but they need nutrition. So that might be one thing I'm doing, but then I might go talk to a 90 year old woman who has heart failure and needs to talk about her diet. Um, or it might be a teenager who um, is struggling with drugs and um, we're trying to talk about ways to nourish their body and help them get clean. It could be wow. any and all of that, which is why I think I enjoy the job so yeah, much. Yeah, so much variety. But seriously, though, a 90-year-old woman with heart failure, she has, <laughs> she has eating requirements. Can't she just eat whatever she wants? And you know, it, it really <laughs> depends on the age. And for someone who's 90 and isn't eating well, heck yeah. That would be my recommendation is give that woman a milkshake. <laughs> give that woman what she's going to eat and is going to nourish her because at that age, you can deal with a lot of those things with medication and lifestyle changes. It doesn't have to mean restriction of the diet. So yeah, yeah totally depends on the case and the person. I love it. Loving this conversation, loving learning about that workplace horror story, Dana. And we're going to go actually out to our second break. Eric, if you could take us away. Everybody stay tuned for more of the Dr. Katie show. And remember, if you've got a workplace horror story, give us a call. We're at 425-373-5527 or toll-free 888-298-5569. You can also email Dr. Katie at betterworkexperience.com. That's Dr. Katie at betterworkexperience.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Having a crappy work experience, the complexity of the work environment can undermine your efforts and create a crappy work experience for you and your team. Develop a thoughtful approach to managing the complexity so you could be a better leader. Book a private coaching session with Dr. Katie Rovere to unmask your blind spots for a better work experience. Act now because everyone deserves a better work experience. Visit betterworkexperience.com to book a private session with Dr. Katie Rovere to unmask your blind spots through a transformative coaching experience. Listen to live career advice on The Dr. Katie Show, Thursdays from noon to 1 p.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150.
Thursdays at Noon is all about the Dr. Katie Show. Brought to you by Dr. Katie Revere, an organizational psychologist who's on a mission to better your work experience. Dr. Katie uses a transformational coaching approach that has helped many people improve their work experience. Discover a human-centered approach. Contact Dr. Katie and receive half off your first hour of coaching. Learn more at betterworkexperience.com. That's betterworkexperience.com. Giving local voices a chance to shine. Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to the Dr. Katie Show here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM. In honor of Halloween, we're talking about workplace horror stories. We'd love to hear yours at 425-373-5527 or email drkatie at betterworkexperience.com. Now, here's Dr. Katie. Hey, welcome back. Spooky, spooky topic today. We're talking about workplace horror stories. Give us a call and tell us what's going on in your world or tell us about your friend's horror story because you know your friends are telling you all about their crappy work experience, so we want to hear about it too. Um, I have I have a pretty crappy work experience that I can share. This is from way long ago. Uh, this is like one of my very first employers. I worked at, actually, yeah, this is like one of my very first employers when I became an adult and I started working in a corporation for the first time. I was in an entry-level position working in like a, I don't know, like a, what is it, how would I describe this department? This was not the water there. park then. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that, Eric. It wasn't the water park. It was uh, a job after that. So when I worked at the water park, it was like high school job. Right. But after that, I graduated from high school and I was like exploring my next phase of my life, which ended up being going to college and working in corporations. Uh, the first corporation I worked at, I was in this service and repair department for like this technology company. And it was, you know, there was like microchips and board, like boards and things that they technicians had to work on. And I loved it. It was so interesting. I'd never seen anything like it. I loved learning about the processes and how to make improvements and be more efficient with turning around our repairs as a department. And I had a great boss. My, my amazing boss, uh, was, younger, she older than me. Um, I think I was 18 at the time and she was probably in her early thirties and she got pregnant with her third child and decided that, uh, she was going to go out on maternity leave and she decided not to come back to work. And so the company hired this horrible replacement. I, I could not, I was shocked and really sad because I wanted that job. I, I, they wouldn't even consider me like they, they laughed in my face, basically at my interest in taking on a management job, even though I wouldn't really be responsible for like managing anybody, I would just be managing the work. Uh, they of course didn't consider me, even though I was super bright eyed, bushy tailed and hecka motivated. Like I was really good at my job. They just thought that you were too green, maybe. Yeah, too green, of course. And that's what all companies do, which I think is a big mistake. And honestly, I want to have a show completely dedicated to that is like how many companies make big mistakes in hiring by not considering uh, earlier tenured employees, because I just think that is just a really big problem that's going on in company in corporations right now. Anyway, this woman who became my boss would sit in her office and watch uh, fashion week and fashion blog, read fashion blogs all day long, all day long. There was not one time between eight and noon before lunch that I did not walk by and there'd be something unrelated on her, on her screen, on her computer. And then lunch break, of course, she takes a nice long lunch break and then coming back in the afternoon, same thing more fashion week or, or whatever. Hey, don't get me wrong. Like I love fashion. I, I can get down on some fashion shows. I was just thinking, this sounds like a pretty sweet gig if you can get it, right? Oh, for her? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but here I'm working double time. Oh, and I'm pissed. Uh -huh. I just was so pissed. So anyway, that was my 
really my only workplace horror story. So did you end up like butting heads with her? How did this turn out? Did she end up getting let go or did you decide to? I got transferred out of that department. I, I was really pissed. Like I, I told the operate the manager of the location because it was a this is a small company but mm-hmm. I told the guy who was sort of overseeing the that location and was like hey man this is this is some bull crap <laughs> and I um I ended up got, getting transferred there were several other issues workplace issues going on in that company at the time like many other disgruntled employee experiences mm-hmm. and I think that accumulated so that moving me into a new job uh, in a different department, uh, taking phone calls, which was super lame, but, um, yeah, she stayed, she's, they kept her in the job. They, Hmm. I don't know why, like I did, that was just a management decision. I would never under understand. And I'm trying to remember the guy's name who was, she wrote, who hired her. Like if I can remember it before the show, I'll, I'll shout out at him and say, maybe he can call us one day and explain why did he hire that lady? Cause that was just like, from my experience, the stupidest thing they could have done. He just loved fashion, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> they shared a love of fashion. To keep him informed. <laughs> Gosh. I mean, we start a job. We just want to do good work. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, I feel like everybody is, you know, they want to earn, you want to, they want to earn that paycheck. They want to get their benefits, but you know, they want to do good work. I think most people have integrity and it just, you know, some people don't. And that's what creates some really bad work experiences. So. True. Yeah. So Dana, uh, our special guest uh, as well today, uh, she's got uh, another example of a horror, a workplace horror story. And uh, we'd love to hear it. Dana, let's jump in. What do you got? Well, it's, it's funny. You were just mentioning, well, not so funny. You were just mentioning, Hey, <laughs> if anybody else has horror stories from someone they know, please call in because this one is uh, about my significant other. Um, and also one of his most recent work experiences. Um, he was working at a ski resort for a few years and a position opened up. It was his boss's position actually to be the ski patrol manager to actually run all of ski patrol. And he was young at the time, and he sensed that the company, which was a corporation, was not going to be too stoked about hiring a young guy for this position. But he showed up in a suit and tie and shook their hand and looked him in the eye. Nice. Yes. I mean, go get her. Went and got it. And he got hired. He got the position. So we were just head over heels. He had gotten this position. Um, And he worked it for a few years, and he did a great job. And um, He worked as the head of ski patrol. Yes. That's a big job. Right. I a lot mean, of responsibility. Totally. And um, doing all of their legal stuff and helping with um, inspections around the resort, dealing with insurance companies and lawsuits. And I mean, a lot of really wow. big tied in there, not just the ski aspect of it all and the mountain safety. Um, but there was always the promise, right? And this kind of dangling the carrot that there was going to be was the promise again. So the promise was, well, if you just, you know, keep working hard, there's going to be more growth and more opportunity. And we, we just love what you do for the company. So you should just keep, keep working hard. So we did. And he kept thinking, you know, I'm going to move up to a general manager position one day, mm. maybe run my own resort. This is what he was thinking. Right? Wow. Yeah. Like lofty goals perhaps at the time, but wanted to continue to move in that direction. And his direct boss was, a nice guy. He did all of the outside operations for the mountain, but I think he wasn't realistic about what it took and what tools it took to really support his employees to be successful. And so Adam would be kind of set up for failure in a sense where they would ask him to do these big projects and he would get involved and invest all this time. And then it just wouldn't come to fruition because he didn't have support of his boss. Um, and his boss's boss and everyone above his boss just wouldn't go to bat for him about things that he knew needed to happen to make the, the company better and so to speak. So he ended up running three departments by the time he left, he was there wow. 11 years. Yeah. So lots of responsibility still. Oh my gosh. 11 years, 11 years. And it was finally the fact that he said, you know, I'm just going to go back to school. I can't because there was no opportunity 
He was Ugh. never going to move up beyond running three departments. And his pay never increased. His pay was not commensurate with the amount of work he was doing. Whoa. We're talking 15 or more hour days during the wintertime. I mean, really long days, no room for family, no room for personal life. Um, just kind of a not really good. You know, that's unfortunate. And I mean, you're, you're working up in the mountains or in, you know, in that kind of, um, in the mountains, I'll just say, and if you're working up in the mountains or you live up in the mountains, there's like limited job opportunities, right? So it sounds like the employers know that and they're just exploiting the local talent because it's, I mean, after 11 years, you know, that's a long time to say, oh, I finally give up on my dream here. They're obviously continuing to lie to me and I'm going to move on. I mean, but there was something there. I mean, he kept him going. What kept him there for so long? I think it was, um, it was the little strokes that he would get for doing things. Uh -huh. you know, it would be the, the small uh, awards or the pat on the back now and again. And he so there was off and on recognition helped. Yes. There was some recognition for sure, but you know, actions speak louder than words. And when it came down to it, other people would be brought in and given promotions rather oh, than really? him considered for promotions, that kind of stuff where he just felt like, well, I was the best man for the, for the job yet. They brought in some person from another state and just gave it to them. Oh, so, really? Yeah. And that happened multiple times. And I think after a while he just realized it's never going to happen. I can work as hard as I can work and really it's just not going to be here. And what's funny or not so funny is after he left the company, his boss left um, and half the company left. I mean, it was just obviously not a good situation. Mass exodus. Yes. Mass exodus. So they're hiring too. They are hiring. <laughs> Resort shall rename nameless, but they are in the Sierra Nevadas on highway 80. If you're looking for a job. Um, yeah, really. What <laughs> happens just out of curiosity, what happens when you work at a ski resort in the summertime? Do they have the trails open for like mountain biking and stuff? Or what did, what do they do? What do you, what is your job like when there's no snow on the ground? That is a great question for years. Um, Adam was unemployed during the summer, so he would go and work a second job uh -oh. um, for the foreign service and it was fine. He worked winter job, summer job, winter job, summer job, but eventually, um, the ski resort grew such that there was an opportunity for him to kind of stay on through the summer. Hmm. Um, and so they ended up having summer activities like, yes, they had a kid's camp where you could come mountain bike and hmm. do some skiing and some little That's things cool. like that. Yeah. So, I mean, there was some summer employment there for sure, but, um, uh, the sacrifices we make to work in a certain location. I mean, I, gosh, even though he spent 11 years and he didn't really feel appreciated and I'm sure that was really hard to walk away from, boy, did he, he got to be on the mountain every single day. <laughs> he did. I mean, that I mean, was silver lining. That's like, that's like a freaking platinum diamond studded lining. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's, I mean, the opposite would be staying at a career in a cubicle for 11 years and realizing I'm never going to get promoted and that other people keep getting hired from the outside, you know, but yes. a lot of people spent in corporations, they spend 11 years or more and then are never considered for promotions. Um, while other people are getting hired from the outside. And that's, that's a horror story. I, I just, in its own right. So totally agree with that. If you're oh, out man. there and that is you. Yeah. You're worth more. Let's let's actually head to our last break of the hour and then we'll come back and uh hopefully we get a caller. Uh if not, we've got some more uh horror stories to share on this Halloween episode of the Dr. Katie show. Everybody stay tuned and if you would like to share that Halloween horror story uh, a bad workplace experience, give us a call at 425-373-5527 or toll-free 888-298-5569. We'll be right back. Having a crappy work experience, the complexity of the work environment can undermine your efforts and create a crappy work experience for you and your team. Develop a thoughtful approach to managing the complexity so you could be a better leader. 
Book a private coaching session with Dr. Katie Rovere to unmask your blind spots for a better work experience. Act now because everyone deserves a better work experience. Visit betterworkexperience.com to book a private session with Dr. Katie Rovere to unmask your blind spots through a transformative coaching experience. Listen to live career advice on The Dr. Katie Show, Thursdays from noon to 1 p.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Dredge your work experience, compromising your brilliance? Get the better work environment you deserve. Email Dr. Katie Revere at drkatie at betterworkexperience.com for practical advice on how to rise above the drama. Do you have a workplace horror story? Do you have a terrific boss? Maybe you just got an unfair review. Tell Dr. Katie. Email drkatie at betterworkexperience.com and tune in every Thursday at noon for the Dr. Katie Show. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150. And welcome back to the Dr. Katie Show. We've got just a few minutes, but we would love to squeeze in a real quick horror story, your workplace horror story. So give us a call, 425-373-5527. Now back to Dr. Katie. What's up? Welcome back. So we were just talking on the break about uh, costumes. like, And if anybody's dressed up, and Eric uh, was telling us that he, he brought a costume to work today, but he's not going to wear it. Yeah, I'm I'm tied up in the studio all day, so it's like eh, I don't really. You're you know. tied up. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> His hands are tied. He's tied. That's right. Being tortured doesn't really do me any good. Uh, so, I'm what's not... your costume that you brought? Well, it's a it's a Donnie Darko costume. So, if anybody's seen that movie Donnie Darko, there's a, a scene where it's Halloween. They're having a Halloween party, and he is wearing like a skeleton costume with a hoodie, basically. And so mm-hmm. that's my costume because so creepy. I, I just happen to have that laying around in the house, thankfully. So I put two and two together, and boom. Yeah, those are my I favorite think costumes. Yeah, I think it's always good to have one Halloween costume, like in the uh, in the storage unit. Yeah, know? agreed. Yeah, we love Halloween in our house. Um, uh, this year, I'm a millennial. What, what does that costume, costume entail? Because that's that's so, a pretty wide category. To... Yeah, yeah. So I love this costume. My mom helped me make it because uh, <laughs> I'm a millennial. My mom is a helicopter parent. No, I'm just kidding. She's not. But she did help me make it because she's really good at sewing. So I got a hoodie, a black, like dark gray hoodie with a zip up in the front. And I got hey, all these. Hey, we're cool- like twinsies today then. Yeah, we're like twinsies. <laughs> we should totally take a selfie together, although we're not in the same location, but maybe That's we right. can Photoshop Interstate. it. Interstate. Yeah. Um, but I uh, sewed a bunch of patches. I had her sew a bunch of patches like year number one or great participation and best, you know, best kid number one kid and like you know how all those stereotypes for millennials where we were overpraised for achievements that <laughs> you got really your participation didn't awards uh, yeah like you swallowed water congratulations yay <laughs> like right. and i got a couple i got a couple trophies for participation uh that i had her sew on as well to it so well i wear it's kind of the ultimate uh, participation trophy because everybody gets candy no matter what so yeah although i don't eat very much candy i um i'm not eating like a lot of processed sugars and i haven't for a while so we look at alternative things to eat like i'm the i'm the person in the neighborhood that hands out apples to trick-or-treaters i gotta say i don't hand out candy to my trick-or-treaters you know not like they're just getting composted (laughs) well actually a little boy last year uh was like so stoked i have like these little snack apples he was like yeah like he was so happy <laughs> this little batman costume it was awesome um i'm gonna put my daughter samantha in like a jazzer size like 80s jazzer size so she's only six months old so we're not really like doing it up too big for halloween this year but i don't know what about you dana do you have a, a costume are you guys dressing up in your house no unfortunately adam is in class until late tonight um and so he will be busy doing school stuff but i was thinking i would at least 
you know, get some candy or something and pass it out to the kids in our neighborhood because I think we have a lot of young families. Um, but no costume yeah. for me. I've been really pining for a cool, like, couple's costume party, and it just kind of hasn't happened. Oh, <laughs> you'll get one next year. You guys are, you guys just relocated, though. That's why. We did. Yeah. So we don't really know a lot of people here yet. We don't got the digs on uh, Halloween yet, but. Yeah. I have a, I have a lion costume that I put on my dog every year, uh, jam. It's a super cute because it's got that big furry red. Cause he's, he's, you would call him, I would call him like a red fur. Yeah. And this lion, <laughs> this lion may, I'll post a picture on my Facebook group, um, after the show today and, uh, I'll, I'll get, we'll get dressed up in our costumes and we'll, we'll post a picture so you guys can see my daughter and, and, and us, my family and our little Halloween costumes. But yeah, Jam dresses up as a lion every year. He doesn't have a choice. It's the only one. And it's the best one because seeing him run around the park with a lion's mane on is pretty hilarious because it like, it really looks good. looks like a lion. <laughs> <laughs> that is a sight to see. I'm sure. Yeah. So and this has been super fun having you on Dana talking about uh, workplace horror stories. And I appreciate you being transparent and sharing all of your your dramas with us and i hope that this has been therapeutic just looking back i mean on on where what you've overcome and you know do you do you find that those those experiences help you make better decisions for a better work experience in your next job absolutely i think that famous term you know hindsight is 20 is uh 2020 i think it's so true it's like looking back i think i have a much more um more objective and less emotional take on the whole thing that I can really kind of take from it the best parts and say you know like I know what I'm worth I know I'm a good worker and I, I know I, I shouldn't look down on myself or feel bad about not getting what I wanted um I think that it all happens for a reason and as you mentioned maybe there's some really good reasons that managers do what they do and maybe trying to see it from their perspective can just help you kind of put some perspective on all of it, you know? So I, I think it's, it's been a good thing. Yeah. That. Yeah. And as you, and I know that you just relocated to a new city and I think as you look at career opportunities to be, you know, a dietitian where you are, you know, you have a pretty interesting resume, I think for someone coming in to have now worked across multiple care settings, multiple different hospital and, um, and, uh, I don't know, what do you call them? Like medical office buildings, that is a pretty like different, good differentiator that you can handle changing work environments, changing call, you know, coworker environments that you've as more or less like a refined skill, uh, to be dynamic in the workplace. So I, I think you have a lot going for you, even though you had that horrible experience. Thank you so much. And I really look forward to giving you some good news one of these days when I get the next job lined up. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. So awesome. Well, we're, we're almost out of time and, uh, I just want to say happy Halloween. I hope that you all have a wonderful holiday with your families, uh, and your neighborhoods and anybody or all the people that you will have an opportunity to, uh, spend time with today and don't eat too much candy, uh, and drink lots of water or too many little snack apples. Oh yeah. Or too many little snack apples. Yeah. And for those of you who, you know, agree that maybe we should not be handing out candy to our kids, uh, in this way, maybe, maybe you could hand out little cutie oranges or little apples. Just test it out. Honestly, test it out. See how the kids respond. Cause I feel like kids are getting so much education around food awareness nowadays. And so hand out apples, hand out, something else other than candy and see what cold hard cash when i was a kid (laughs) that was always an acceptable alternative yeah yeah and what's your address (laughs) (laughs) not giving it i'm not giving that out but uh especially not on the air i'll show up with my hat open (laughs) well thanks everyone uh we are so excited to be with you next week on the dr katie show every 
every week I'm on the air. I always crave more time with you all. Uh, so please follow me on Facebook. My group is Dr. Katie and uh, pretty soon I will be launching a YouTube channel so I can bring some more content uh, around better work experience to you all soon. So thanks for listening and uh, see you next week. Bye.